This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN. And you're listening to One Night Stand. And you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Hey, c'est condition ça qui t'est passé. Just One Night Stand. Avant toute bagaille t'est commencé. One Night Stand. Pensez que c'est ton This is One Night Stand. Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand. What up, Night Nation? It's Louisville Game Week, first road game of the year. On today's show, we're going to recap the 63-14 blowout win versus Bethune-Cookman. We're going to preview the Louisville game and the trip, if you're going. Talk a little bit more about the Big 12 official announcement. We're going to review Our Time, the ESPN Plus documentary on UCF football. Like always, we've got Money Moose Picks, Moose Mailbag. Speaking of, I'm here with... Money Moose, UCF, stormed their way to a 7-0 lead in only 78 seconds and never looked back. Isaiah Bowser led the team with four rushing scores to a blowout victory and the all-important cover for the Knights, UCF 63, Bethune-Cookman 14. Awesome game. Exactly how we thought, you know, a little tune-up game. Offense looked great, obviously Bowser, four touchdowns. DG looked good. Um, They kept him in a little longer than I expected, but thinking about it, I like the decision. You know, they they pulled him with five minutes left in the third after we scored the seventh touchdown to go up 49-14. He's still getting used to this new offense. I think it's important to get him a lot of, uh, you know, meaningful minutes in the game and... I think he did that. That was accomplished. And then we pulled him. Mikey Keene came in. I don't know. What were your overall thoughts? What kind of stood out to you? Yeah, Dylan looked a lot more settled in the offense here. Um, even though, you know, Bethune-Cookman's defense isn't, you know, D1 or, or anything crazy. Um, I think it was good. It was nice to get some more experience for everyone in this new offense. I think the defense played pretty well overall you know the secondary was always the question at the beginning of the season and it's going to be a question throughout the whole season unfortunately I think but when you're scoring 63 points nothing else matters and how much can I say about my player of the year Isaiah Bowser I mean four rushing touchdowns I think they were all in the first half yep two um kids a stud unbelievable and i love how the fans are really embracing him too you talk about a transfer coming from northwestern you know so you're kind of like the new kid on the block you're not really you know well known within the ucf fan base you know coming up through the ranks as like a freshman or an underclassman so for him to come here for his final year and the fans really embracing him it's awesome and he's definitely showing the love on twitter he knows we're we're out there and we're big Bowser guys. Yeah, and it's been awesome too. Uh, I saw a bunch of people in this, you know, posting pictures in the stands with like Bowser uh, masks, which is really cool. You know, I feel like every week we're going to see more and more, and that's just awesome. Uh, great name, even better player, and four touchdowns in one half. I'd, I'm sure that hasn't happened for a long, long time. Very cool to see us, you know, power run game. Um, going back to the DBs. You know, obviously, they're young 
all new. You know, we lost a bunch of guys to the NFL. A bunch of pass interferences. The coverage was good, but you got to turn your head. And, you know, that's easier said than done. You don't want to look back and then have the receiver make, like, a double move and you get burned. You don't want to turn too late and, like, miss the ball. Um, But, you know, with more experience, these guys are going to get more comfortable. The more film they watch, you're going to know the routes and kind of when you're supposed to turn your head. And this is all just going to come with time. So I have confidence, but I hope they improve from week to week. You know, that'll be something to look out for going forward. Those those penalties stunk, though. I mean, that first drive, they kind of, like, drove the ball down. Obviously, that quarterback didn't have the best arm, but they had a bunch of quick passes and, you know, kind of drove down. And uh, But then we kind of got it together after there. I feel like they had just dumped, like, all their best plays on us, and then they really didn't do anything for the rest of the game. Yeah, it's been very interesting to see around college football. A lot of other FCS versus FBS games where the FCS teams really came to play. You look at Murray State tied with Cincinnati 7-7. You think that high-powered offense with Ritter and Jerome Ford um, could score a little more than seven points against Murray State. Yeah, but it's crazy. You know, the FCS teams don't just come in and lay down. Even Mercer um, hung around a little bit with Alabama, I guess. Um, (laughs) Well, Jacksonville State. Crazy to see. Jacksonville State beat FSU, but. Yeah, see, exactly. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But think of it this way, though. Like, this puts the Furman loss in 2015 into perspective because that would be the equivalent of us losing this weekend to Bethune-Cookman a team were clearly more superior to them and we obviously blew them out that's how bad the Furman loss was that's how bad the Jacksonville State loss was um which kind of stinks but i don't know whatever yeah you know it's happened it happened to USF i think was it Alcorn State it happened to the Gators um Georgia Southern i think maybe 4 or 5 years ago i mean it happens it's just not a good sign for your program though uh but it's a good sign we were able to blow them out couple other things from the game. Uh, oh, it was actually McNeese State. McNeese State, that's right. Not and Alcorn. they lost, I think, by like 20. This yeah, it was not like a last-second field goal or anything. USF yeah. got blown out by McNeese yeah. State. Let's talk about the – how about the younger guys that that got on the field for us in the later, later bit of the second half? Yeah, well, Mike Keene obviously came in at quarterback. That was cool. Saw some Joey Gatewood. And kind of the wild night. That'll be interesting to see how we use that going forward. If he comes out with the ones or they were just kind of testing that. Uh, who who else did you see out there? Well, you know, my boy, Trillian Coles, hitting them holes like Darren Sproles. <laughs> Ton of rushing yards. I think he had like 78 rushing yards. Yeah, they were possibly. handing it to him a lot. Yeah, uh, caught a nice little touchdown pass. Was wide open on the left side from Dylan Gabriel. And um, I think just, you know, seeing the depth of our running backs too, you know, past Bowser, Trillian Coles, Johnny Richardson getting in there. And then, of course, our receiving core is extremely deep. Caden Robinson getting his first touchdown from Mikey Keene, who has had his first touchdown pass. Who, by the way, pretty impressive, Mikey Keene. What do you think? Yeah, he looks good. Uh Kind of like a like a Kyler Murray a little bit. He's uh, nimble, runs around, got a good arm, and seemed to run the offense with some confidence. You know, which 
Yeah, it can be difficult your first time out on, on a college, you know, in a college game. So definitely a lot yeah, to look com- forward to with him. Confidence, I would say, is definitely the word. He looked poised out there. Yep. Um, did not look like, you know, an 18-year-old freshman or whatever just getting into the game. Might be a little scared, you know, come into the bounce house, even though it's only Bethune-Cookman. But, I mean, you got Gus Bus on the sideline you know, looking at every move you make. So when everyone, I, I mean, it's, just, it's I think yeah. it's normal to have jitters your first time doing anything and then you get more comfortable, but he looked poised out there. That was definitely a good way to describe it. Speaking of the bounce house. Um, so we had another lightning delay, which I don't know. Has this been a thing and we just don't notice it? I feel like this is new. I don't know if the rules have changed. I don't remember there ever being lightning delays and now there's been two in a row. Dude, the last lightning delay that I remember was Texas in 07. Yeah, and that was like in the middle of the game, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't really play – I guess we maybe one. We don't ever play like two night games in a row, you know, for home. Usually the second night game is probably close to October. I remember, you know, a few years back some of the like South Carolina State or FAMU, or, you know, one of those opening games being at night. But, nah, I guess it's just bad luck. Um, bad luck and you know, there's, team success, more night games. Yeah. Yeah, that you know, it, it's pretty difficult for the players to really get up for the game and then have to, you know, go chill. I know when I watched uh, the episode of Our Time, this past week, which we'll get to here in a few minutes, uh, a lot of the players, you know, just kind of hanging out on playing on their phones on the floor. And that can really, you know, mess with you mentally. If you're ready to get out there, it might be hard to, you know, get, pick yourself back up. I agree. Um, at least this one wasn't as bad. It was a lot shorter. Student section showed up again. Shout out to the students. You know, these FCS games, really shout out to the whole fan base because, you know, these FCS games, a lot of the time it's tough to, you know, get a good crowd out there. And we had a lot of people show up, and they were loud, and they got rowdy, and I think it was it's just definitely awesome to see our fan base rejuvenated. Also, that Outer Banks kid, well, actually not a kid. I thought he was younger. He's like our age, pretty much. Uh, 29, Chase Stokes was there, which is pretty cool. Getting some, uh, you know, free kind of marketing PR to non-football fans, I guess, you know, getting that brand out there because he, I think he put something on his Instagram and he's got 7 million followers, which is insane. Uh, have you watched that show? I have. Yeah, John B. What's it about? I, I didn't realize how popular the show was, um, but I guess everybody watches it. What's the it's show? Good show, watch it. What, what's it about? It's about like these kids uh, in the Outer Banks and – there's this like treasure that was, or this like sunken treasure that they're going to find, and then oh, a bunch sounds... of other people are trying to find it, and then like people are, like killing each other and stuff trying to find it. Oh wow! I don't know. That's a really bad synopsis of it. But... <laughs> <laughs> is it two seasons? Is it kind of like wholesome, like Stranger Things? Uh, I wouldn't say it's as good as Stranger Things. A little bit of it's kind of cheesy, but it definitely has you like at the end of the episode being like, Oh, I got to watch the next one really quick. <laughs> That's awesome. You know? Yeah. No, um, not a big show guy. I watch sports and friends 
reruns because I know what's happening, so I don't have to really pay attention and I can play on Twitter the whole time. Uh, all right, anyway, I'll check that out. But yeah, shout out to uh, Mr. Stokes. Someone get him a UCF shirt to wear next time, not a Led Zeppelin shirt, you know, a band that was popular 20 years before he was born. Anyway, uh, anything else from the game? Oh, so I got a couple other notes here. Did you see that Sam Jackson play? Where I did. <laughs> it was a regular formation, and then they motioned him out left in front of two uh, two receivers. And then when they snapped the ball, he took a like a step back and started waving his hands like a bubble screen. I I don't know if that's ever gonna be a thing. Probably not. I I don't know what that was. I, I'm guessing they're just throwing some. Gus is probably throwing some looks out there just to see how the defense reacts, but. I don't know. That was hilarious. Love seeing linemen in situations to, you know, get the ball. And <laughs> that it's just funny. Um, Obarski, 9 for 9 on PATs. Now 13 of 13 on the season. Zero field goals attempted in the first two games, which has me a bit uneasy going into a close road game where it might be able to come down to a field goal. I don't want his first season attempt being like a 47-yarder to win know. it. I mean, the last three field goals. But he's well-rested, let's say. Rested, and, you know, the last three field goals I saw him attempt were in the scrimmage, and he nailed them all. So I'm definitely confident heading into Louisville. Speaking of Louisville, that's our opponent coming up this Friday night, another Friday game. The first of three Friday games for UCF uh, against the program Louisville that actually used to play a lot of weekday games to get the extra national exposure for their program on ESPN. I remember when we started doing, you know, these one or two Thursday games a year, probably six, seven years ago, a lot of people complained and I used Louisville as an example. Uh, And I think that helped get them to the ACC. They got a lot of extra exposure, you know. This is a big revenge game for the Cardinals, seeking to avenge Blake Bortles and UCF's 21-point comeback against uh, Louisville and Teddy Bridgewater, I think seven, eight years ago, in a 38-35 loss, which was also a Friday game. We're one and one against each other all time. Obviously, pretty uh, I guess coincidental that we just tied the uh, school record for largest comeback in a football game ever versus Boise State, and it was Louisville, and now we're playing him again on a Friday night. What are your thoughts heading into this game? I think a lot of people, when they first saw the game being revealed a couple years ago, what was it? A lot of people super excited. Louisville was a lot better, too, in in years past. They did have a pretty down year. Um, last year, I think they were 4-7, and seven, but I think also, too, like people look at week one, nationally televised game, only game on Labor Day night against Ole Miss. They had absolutely slaughtered. Yeah, um, the score was so closer lot- than the game, too. They were just getting absolutely blown out, and then they scored a couple touchdowns in garbage time. It wasn't even close. Yeah, so, I mean, we can't take them lightly at all. They returned 13 starters from last year, and although they were blown out in week one, they had a, a kind of a rester tune-up game last week against Eastern Kentucky. They went 30-3. to They are a little bit more pass-heavy, which isn't as good for us since our secondary is weaker. 
Their quarterback is uh, very mobile too, which yeah, that Malik might be Cunningham might be good. I don't know, maybe not. Well, we, we not, haven't really faced yeah. a mobile quarterback yet. Bachmeyer can scramble a little bit, but not necessarily a run, um, you know, a run threat. I think Malik Cunningham much higher of a run threat. And um, player to watch in this game, the wide receiver Amari Huggins Bruce. Big play guy, averaging 25 yards a catch. We haven't really given up a ton of big plays in the last two weeks. I mean, you can't really count the 100-yard interception return as giving up a big play by the defense. Yeah. No, I, as far I, as, like, long bombs or anything or getting beat way deep, hasn't really happened. Yeah, no, it hasn't. And I don't know, you know, again, that could be a scheme thing where – Trying to, you know, we're giving up the short stuff, but locking down the the long plays. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, we can contain this quarterback. Looking for our first sack of the season, even though the D line's been good. They've been getting after the quarterback, but no official sack. So that will be something to look out for. As far as the um, people traveling to the game, I'll be flying in uh, land Friday at about one. Going to drop my stuff off and go straight to Churchill Downs. There is a full afternoon of racing. So I'm going to go watch some ponies and then head over to... uh, There's a tailgate spot... Ponies? There's a tailgate spot outside the stadium called The Alley. Beer, liquor, live music at 3.30. Apparently there's like 2,000 people. Just open, brand new. I saw some pictures. Looks cool. Just all outdoor and like kind of a warehouse brewery type vibe cornhole some other games so that looks cool you know if you're thinking about going last minute you can fly to louisville or you could fly to cincinnati and drive it's about an hour and a half the flights are really cheap to both there's a lot of cool like whiskey places and bars there um if you need somewhere to stay campus the airport and the churchill downs track are all within like a mile there's a bunch of hotels right by there uh let me think what else I guess to describe Louisville, the best comparison would be Memphis. Kind of small, I don't know. It's just very similar to Memphis. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That be safe. It. Always be safe. Uh, got anything else? No, that's pretty much it. Just want to see how the D-line plays. They've been pretty lights out. I wouldn't take the whole no-sack thing very seriously just Look, we've been getting a lot of pre- been getting a lot of pressure been stuffed in the run who cares if we haven't had a sack yet we've had two takeaways or uh back-to-back games with a takeaway you know it, it, as long as we're getting pressure on the quarterback and stopping the run dude the wor- the worst thing ever is like just somebody running up the middle for like 10 yards on like every play like, and you know you can't you, stop it and when you can't Darryl stop Henderson, it yeah up it, the middle at least when there's a pass, there's a, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. The pass is off target. You can intercept it. It gets dropped. When they're just running the ball well, you make a great point. It's just it's the worst feeling ever because you know they're just going to keep doing it and there's nothing you can do to stop it. Yeah, that's what opposing defenses say when they look at Bowser. Yep. Um, Six yards every time. So the spread on the game, I think it opened at minus seven. I got that. I think it's minus seven and a half now. Is that going to be a money move pick, or should we discuss this now? It's actually not going to be a money move pick. Look, I take the UCF game seriously with you know my kind of system that 
there's a set of rules that cannot be broken whatsoever. Yeah, and even though hey, they're seven you know, and zero, you're UCF I'm seven super, and zero. I'm super biased. Like, look, yeah, of course I wanted to pick UCF last week. Forty six, we were going to crush them, but I took it. You know, the numbers don't lie. So wait, you, you but took we covered. <laughs> yeah, we did cover. You know. I, you can win without me saying to bet it, but I'm telling you right now, seven and zero don't lie. That's true, so, very true. Hey, if you guys want to put put some money on UCF this week, seven, we we could win by twenty one. I don't know, but the numbers say the line is correct. Numbers say it should be about UCF minus eight. I could see us winning. You know, one point of 30, value, thirty eight thirty, thirty eight twenty eight. We're not giving like up twenty eight to them. I would still feel pretty good. You know, it's, it's also on the road. Haven't been the greatest road team the last couple of years. That's, that's true. That's true. So while we're on, is that your official prediction? Because I'll give a, a score prediction too. Uh, 38-28? Yeah, I'll go with that. 38-28. All right. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with 45-13. to 13. Wow. Like, yeah. Good old-fashioned stomping. Yeah, that that's what I'm thinking. But I don't know. We'll see. You know, I, I feel like – our offense is just getting better and better every week, and I think the defense is going to continue to improve. Um, all right. AP poll came out Sunday. After jumping higher than I thought we were going to from week one to two, we got kind of snubbed from week two to three. Only number 26. Miami, number 24 ahead of us after losing their first game and barely being App State. But nothing we can do. Uh, we win this game. We're going to be ranked because there's a bunch of top 25 teams playing each other. So not too worried about that. It just would have been nice, especially playing on a Friday night, being the only game to have that little, you know, number 24, number 25 next to the UCF on the score bug. But whatever. Uh, any thoughts on the AP poll or, you know, other games that went on? I think we were just – you know, right there, we we're on the cusp. I think we need a, you know, win this week to make it in the top twenty-five. There's a ton of teams that are still two and zero. Look, it's so early in the season. Like, there's a bunch of teams that just cracked into the top twenty-five that had, you know, decent wins. Arkansas being one of them, uh, beating Texas. You know, Arkansas two and zero. Auburn looked good. I don't think Miami should be ranked. If you lose that badly to Alabama and then struggle against a good, not great Appalachian State team, you know, they didn't cover either. But I guess you can't win and then be taken out of the top 25, maybe, is their only. Yeah, I don't know. Their only rule. Like, what the way I think of it, though, until there's less than 25 undefeated teams, they should all be. No team with a loss should be in the top 25. And then you can start to consider one-loss teams. But I don't know. That's just how I think it should be. Like, I think it's dumb. Hey. Like, you're Clemson. You lose the first game. Why are you still ranked top six? Because you lost to a team that people thought were top. Like, maybe you weren't. I don't know. You know, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. And honestly, if there weren't rankings, we would have nothing to talk about for, like, half of each episode. So, yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> we win this week by far in. in the top. I think we're, 20, we're 21 probably. Depending on the yeah, I mean, there's a decent number of ranked versus ranked games this week. Arizona State, BYU. You got Penn State, Auburn. Of course, Florida, Bama. But even if Florida gets trounced, the price still go up. Drop. <laughs> yeah. Quality loss. They're not going to drop. 
Um, yeah, no, Indiana I... was ranked preseason, but now they're not I'm playing Cincinnati. So, yeah, so I, I think if we win, depending on how many losses are in the twenty to twenty-five range, we could be twenty-three-ish, twenty-two. I, I yeah, and then we have like a, that. Then so then it's crazy how fast the season goes by. It happens every single year. So we've got this game, then we've got a bye, then we've got Navy, then we've got Cincy. Or is there one more in between then? Um, no, it's East ECU. Carolina. All right. Yeah. But either way, I mean, after this week, we're two games away from Cincinnati. And hopefully Cincinnati beats Indiana, and then they've got Notre Dame. And, I mean, just based off how you move up because of other teams losing, you know, three, four spots a week, I mean, could be top 15 matchup for Cincy and – I mean, if they beat Notre Dame, I, I don't know if they'll necessarily move up that much, but they'll kind of be cemented in probably the top six. I, I don't know. It's so hard to predict at this point, but that's got college game day written all over it, especially with, you know, how bad we whooped them back in 2018 when they came to us. ESPN loves storylines. I don't know if they've ever been at Cincy, but, you know, especially with the Big 12 and stuff now, I mean – it seems like a slam dunk for college game day to be at Cincy as long as they, uh, you know, do what they're supposed to and beat Indiana and Notre Dame. So if you can go to Cincy, you don't have any obligations and you can afford it, you got to go. You absolutely got to go. Or you're not a real fan. Like I said, no obligations and you can afford it. You got to go. It's going to be the game of the year. It's going to decide so many things. They've got a real hostile environment, but also it's an amazing campus and game day experience so just saying now start making your plans if you can because we need every single person to be there and be loud all right so real quick some other games obviously we talked about it earlier FSU losing to Jacksonville State uh KZ got the start he didn't play the best also was not helped by a bunch of really bad drops I mean a wide open touchdown that he threw a dime to and the guy dropped it if that doesn't happen then FSU doesn't lose but good news is, is he was still named the starter for this week's game versus Wake Forest USC fired their coach head coach Clay Helton after getting blown out by Stanford and it was just reported that the job is essentially Luke Fickles the Cincinnati coach if he wants it also USC's AD is the Cincy AD who hired Fickle so what are your thoughts on Fickle possibly leaving Cincinnati? Obviously, he makes he makes like three point four, three point five million, which is a lot for a uh, former G five school. Is that good if he leaves, or do we want these teams to continue to be good? What are your thoughts on Fickle possibly leaving Cincinnati for USC? I wouldn't want him to leave. I mean, right now we have a good rivalry with Cincy. They've won the last two, but we dominated them before then. Yeah. So it's always nice. It's good rivalry. I want other teams in our conference to be good. It, it only elevates us to a higher level. I agree. I'm with you 100%. That was kind of my take on it. I mean, I guess if he left, I wouldn't be like mad. So maybe it's kind of a win-win, but I agree. I want all our teams to be good, you know? It, it's just good for the conference. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's the same thing in the SEC. Like nobody looks at Vanderbilt on their schedule. Like, oh, thank God, there's a win. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know. No, I agree. Uh, you know, 
you want everyone to be good. Obviously, I mean, if Cincinnati was like, like when Urban Meyer was coaching Utah and they were like undefeated three years in a row, you know what I'm saying? If they were that good, I'd be like, yeah, take them, USC. But they're not that good. Honestly, I think they've been overrated. I mean, they've had a couple good seasons. They didn't even win an MY6 bowl, and now they're somehow top 10. We win an MY6, and we're 17, and then run the table again and lose the MY6, and we're still like 15. That doesn't make sense. But I think he's good, but not good enough for us to want him to leave. So I'm with you there. All right. Big 12, we talked about it last week. Everything became official this week. The plan is for us, well, it's still not set, I guess, to join in 2023, although we have to negotiate some kind of buyout because we have to technically stay through 2024. UConn did the same thing, our buyout, or it's supposed to be 10, they paid 17. I'm assuming the Big 12 will want us to get in there as soon as possible. Obviously, if Texas and Oklahoma leave early, which they're probably going to, to the SEC, I would assume that the Big 12 is going to want all of us to join sooner. So we'll kind of see what happens. But like I always say, follow the money. It's in their best interest to get us in there sooner if they lose Texas and Oklahoma. So that's what I think is going to happen. It's just some other stuff. I was looking up the possible bowl games. I know we talked about it a little last week. So it's pretty cool. Get an automatic bid to the Sugar Bowl every year. New Orleans, Superdome, SEC. I think that's pretty much like if you're the best Big 12 team that didn't make the playoffs. So you could be like second best or if the Big 12 didn't make it. I don't know. It's really cool though. An actual NY6 game that we don't have to be undefeated for necessarily. And then also we could get in the other ones too. Some of them have at large uh there's two good teams in a conference. Then also the Alamo Bowl versus the Pac-12 in San Antonio. Texas Bowl in Houston versus SEC. The Cheez-It Bowl. Orlando versus ACC. And another cheese, one. Cheese, cheese, another, cheese. Another one with a tie-in is uh, the Liberty Bowl. Been there before. So definitely cool. Um, you know, we're going to see how this plays out. Over the next couple years. Right now, that's probably pretty much it, news-wise, until this season is over. But, man, I mean, I don't know if you saw, UCF is putting up billboards around Orlando. It's just awesome. I, I can't believe we finally, we're finally doing this. It's been a long time coming. I wonder if they're going to talk about that, about any, like, the process or anything on the Our Time series, which came out last week. 12 episodes on ESPN+. Plus. The first one was a recap of kind of training camp and the Boise State game. They come out every Thursday streaming. What did you think of the first episode, Moo? I thought it was great. A lot of inside access. And anytime that I can have Gus mic'd up during the game, give me more of that. More G- water. Give me the, give more me the water. More ESPN water. Like, fan cast of just... Gus mic'd up for the game. I'll watch that over any announcer. Plenty of water. We're good. Plenty of water. Can't <laughs> stop us. Plenty of water. We're good. That was awesome. Let's go out, let's go out there and whip them butts. <laughs> his, uh, his like, half, or maybe it wasn't halftime, but where he was saying, we got to score before the half and we win or something like that. It, it was just awesome. I mean, it couldn't have been a better game to be showcased and kind of like a documentary to relive. 
if we had lost, that would not have been fun, but we're the Cardiac Knights, and we pull out the close ones. Definitely cool. Um, they made the campus look really, really nice. Not that it's not, but it was just some really cool drone and aerial shots showing off how awesome and new and beautiful UCF's campus is. And then my only other takeaway was way too much Mike Bianchi. I don't know. I guess kind of because he's like a personality, but that guy is the biggest fair weather reporter. Like all he did was shit on us for like the last three years. And then all of a sudden he's hyping us up. I guess that's his job. He's good at it. I'll admit. I don't know. I would have rather seen Brandon or Beatty, but I guess I'm a little biased against him. Hey, never say never. This was week one. Twelve episodes. I think think Steve Rollins might be on the next one because they were working with Bowser and a couple other guys who got sock deals with Rockham. By the way, use promo code UCFProblems for 10% off your order, first purchase only. Uh, so a couple other players got their own custom socks, and I think they might. There might be like a segment with Steve. I don't know. It'll be cool to see though. Definitely excited for that to come out. Thursday and no Mark, da- no Mark Daniels sighting. Yeah, they gotta have him on at some point. Oh yeah, I know, right? He's like the the not the fa- the voice of UCF, and uh, you know, very very soothing when you hear his voice. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot a lot yet to come. It'll be cool. I hope they do it like Hard Knocks where they. You know, because they kind of had a couple players showcase. I hope they kind of follow some of the same ones and obviously give other people a chance to get the spotlight. But it's cool when you get, like, very – they get, like, deep into, like, the player's personal life and then you get, you know, you get invested in it is the word I'm looking for, you know, throughout the season. And it's cool to definitely get, you know, just get to know some of the players more than just from what they do on the field. Yeah, so that's cool. Uh, What a time to – to be an I all this stuff going on. Big twelve, ESPN documentary. There's so much cool stuff. Um one not cool thing though is this came up in the dungeon message boards, which by the way, if you're not a member, highly recommend UCFsports.com. Ran by Brandon Helwig, Dungeon Message Boards. He posts a ton of insider stuff. It's really good. But apparently our deal with Nike is coming up and I don't think we're going to renew it, and I'm hearing we're going to Adidas. Uh, apparently, well, apparently the relationship with Nike wasn't that good already before Frost came, and then Frost kind of, he had like a relationship with them from Oregon, and it kind of like rejuvenated it. But apparently now, I don't know if they're not offering us, you know, a, a decent deal at all, considering how much, you know, the strides we've making in the last decade or so. But I'm hearing we might go to Adidas, and I'm not thrilled, to say the least. Don't want to bash our possible new sponsor. I don't know. What What were your thoughts when I told you this earlier today, Moo? Ugh. <laughs> that was my only thought. I just uh, I picture I the dumpster USF uniforms whenever someone says Adidas. Does USF have Adidas right now? They have Adidas, dude. And half of their jerseys, you can find like a Vieira high school who has the same colors and they have all the same jerseys. Like they just recycle the same ones. Not only do they suck, they're high school jerseys too. And it's weird because Adidas in the last probably five years or so, like I feel like they kind of fell off them and Reebok, but like their shoes and like their, you know, clothing lines and stuff have really started to become popular again. And they're putting out some nice stuff. The football jerseys are awful. And I think the only good ones 
that are Adidas are Miami, and the rest are just atrocious. And yeah, I don't know. You know, a big it's a big deal for recruits too to go to a Nike school. From from what I've been reading, Nike just by far has the coolest stuff. So I don't know. I have faith in Timo. Obviously, he'll do what's best, make the best decision. But not thrilled about this. Maybe we could think outside of the box and get some kind of different brand. I don't know. Besides Under Armour, I don't know if anyone does jerseys. Starter would be cool. You know, a little 90s. Almost identical. I don't even know the difference. Just also big in the 90s. Kirkland Signature. Little discount. (laughs) How about this one? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Kirkland Signature is not discount. That is quality. It's quality, but products. But cheaper. Like price wise. But sign me up. How about this, dude? Cause I know this this company's been blowing up. Lululemon. How sick would that be? Man, that would be kind of cool. I'm not I sure. Have, I do have a few pairs of their shorts. That's, game day shorts too. They're amazing. I don't know they if are. that necessarily I'm a believer. Carries over to our target demographic of recruits, but I love them and I know they make they actually make really, really nice stuff. So that would be cool. Or how about this for like a crazy NIL uh, worlds colliding? DG the brand uniforms. Dude, the whole thing? The whole thing? I mean, you got to think, it's not just football too. It's like everything. I mean, I don't know. I guess if you outsource, yeah, that would be, that probably wouldn't work. Be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sky's the limit for DG the brand. One day it might get there. I don't know. My vote is Kirkland. All right, Kirkland it is. Uh, my vote's Lulu. So, all right, it's time for a favorite segment, Money Moves Picks of the Week. Oh, one and one last week after a miraculous push by Northern Illinois. Had Northern Illinois plus seven. They were down 42 to 16 against Wyoming. Quite embarrassing. Then they rattle off, I think, four or five touchdowns in a row. Get it to 43-42 with a minute left. I think I'm safe. Then Wyoming comes down and scores. What do they do? They go for two (laughs) to make it a seven-point game. Hit the two-point conversion. So I pushed that one. Um, Could have been a lot worse. I remember while that game was going on, I was texting. I'm like, dude, money moves. (laughs) Dead. (laughs) (laughs) And then Buffalo plus 13 and a half against Nebraska. Never really had a shot. Um, their offense just didn't show up at all. So the season total now at one, one and one, but we got two more picks this week. And what do you know? Again, we're going with two underdogs. First game, we're going to take Michigan state plus seven at Miami. Looks Sparty off to a nice two and O start little win over Northwestern on the road. Run game, ground and pound, big time. Kenneth Walker the third. He's no Isaiah Bowser, but he also has five touchdowns in his first two games. Miami struggled mightily with Appalachian State after getting waxed by Bama. Now, my only concern is that the look-ahead line for this game at the beginning of the year was Miami minus 16.5. Now it's down to minus 7. However... Every time I bet Miami, I lose. I think I'm 0-4 over the last three years (laughs) with picking Miami. So they'll probably cover this time, but whatever. Big noon kickoff here. Michigan State, plus seven. Betting against Miami. 
Sparty. What could possibly go wrong? I feel Miami like he doesn't cover. I ever. always do this to myself though. Like if I bet either one trend or one thing and lose it a bunch in a row, I take the other side if I like it, and then of course that's the time the script flips. But whatever, right. got to stick well, to your instincts Vegas, here. Vegas tends to adjust, but Miami, big public team, Michigan State been down the last few years, so we'll see. You know, it's, Miami at home, not a huge home field advantage plus noon game in Miami people are still up from like the night before <laughs> anyway 11 take Sparty all right what else you got all right next pick here's a big shocker Indiana plus three and a half against Cincinnati what massive that's what I said massive overreaction to Indiana's week one loss they lost to Iowa 34 to 6 Little did we know that Iowa is a damn wrecking ball this year. Made Brock Purdy and Brees Hall of Iowa State look like a JV team. Yeah, Pitiful. that's fair. I always do this thing week one with both college and NFL. Whatever I see, that's my opinion on that team or that player for the entire year. Exactly. Even if it's kind of like a one-off thing. Like I, whatever, ha- like week one, I'm like, oh, Jaguars suck. Texans are pretty good. Like everything that happens, and then I just can't get out of my head for the rest of the season. And I'm very, very biased. So I like where you're going with this. Listen, every public Joe in the world is looking at this line and saying, wow, I got to take Cincinnati. Only three and a half? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. We don't want to be that guy. We're the smart bunny. Yeah, but we, want, Ritter- we want Cincy to win, though. It's a huge conflict of interest, Moo. They can still win by a field goal. Okay. All right. Fair. It's a very narrow margin of error on both sides, but okay. <laughs> Look, Desmond Ritter struggled with Murray State for two and a half quarters. I don't care who it is. You have to put a team away like Murray State quickly, like your Knights. Way too scary for me. Also a noon game. So sorry about that. Buy two TVs so you watch both. Don't I care. Got to have the two T's. I'm thinking about getting three maybe because Saturday at home was uh, – I kept having to switch back and forth and it was annoying. <laughs> All right. So you have to take Indiana, just trust me, plus three and a half against Cincy. All right. And then what was the other pick? Other pick was Michigan State plus seven at Miami. Two underdogs. Let's get get that that money. money. All right, last up, we've got Moose Mailbag, where we answer all of your questions. First questions from MD Knight 2016. Will Isaiah Bowser be UCF's second All-American running back? Uh, I mean, he's good, but it's hard to say. Kevin Smith was like a a once-in-a- once in a generation, like running back here, well, I wouldn't go that far. But it's tough. Uh, I mean, me <laughs> you've only got two. They only picked two running backs. So, but uh, you know, at the same time, I haven't really heard of anyone else. You know, it's still early in the season. I, we're not going to know for a few weeks, but definitely has a good good possibility. I, I would agree with that. Also, side note: Fab Five idea, top five most anticipated Big Twelve away games. Do you think that was a joke? Haven't we done that already? <laughs> I think it we could have been. We talked about it at two completely separate points last episode, and then made a joke about doing a Fab Fab Five. Um, I'm sure we'll get to that in the off season when we don't have anything to talk about. 
All right, next one is from At All Night. Rumors of USC being Luke Fickle's job to turn down. How quickly do we think this could happen? It seems everything in college football is going a million miles a second right now. Does USC stick with an interim coach for the rest of the season? That's a good question. So when I heard that Fickle was, you know, the it was his job to turn down, I was like, wait, if he accepts this job now, does he, like, go there and coach the rest of the season? This is way too early. This stuff normally doesn't happen this early in the season. Or does he, you know, say, hey, I'll take the job, but let me finish it out with Cincinnati, which I don't think would be crazy, but at the same time, it would still be kind of weird. I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. What What do you think? It's hard to say. Like, I I really don't think he's going to leave, but... Yeah, I don't either. Has that ever happened before? Usually... Coach leaving in the middle of the season and coaching a game? I don't think they've gone and coached. Sometimes they leave, like, before the... Bowl games, yeah. They don't leave. They don't just abandon their team during the middle of the season. You, the more we talk about this, I don't think that's would that would be how it works. And like, what's what's the advantage? I guess he gets a head start on recruiting actually, which would be huge because normally your recruiting's like over by the time you get to your new school for the most part. I don't know. You know, anything could happen. This year's been crazy, and we've seen a ton of crazy stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised with anything, but. I'm with you. I think he stays. Next question from Sam Unger. What Big 12 destination are you most looking forward to visiting? Hmm. Well, it seems we got a lot of travelers here in the one-night stand nation that just love the away game trip. Yeah. Uh, I guess I would have to say probably Morgantown, West Virginia. I don't know. That's what everybody else says. Um Either that or I would say maybe TCU. Uh, my boss was telling me that he used to date a girl that, that went to TCU. So the Fort Worth area, like around TCU campus, is really cool. ton of bars. Oh, which, that's, I mean, that's... that's pretty much every other college but town. But isn't that like Dallas pretty much? That's Fort Worth. That's where I the that's same where, thing. That's where the airport is, and that's pretty much where the Cowboys Stadium is too. So... That'd be cool. Oklahoma State would be cool just to, I don't know, I want to see Mike Gundy, although he got rid of the uh, the mullet. It's just so weird. Look, like, right now, all of our away games, for the most part, are in, like, really cool big cities. These are all in really small college towns. It's, it's going to be way different. You know, looking forward to all of it. All right, next one is from Tony Cummings. Hypothetically, if Texas and Oklahoma stay until 2025, There'll be two seasons with the new four members. My question is, do you see the Big 12 sticking it to those two teams and making them come play at our UCF stadium for their away games? Sticking it to them? That sounds like a like a gift, like a reward. Think of how bored this fan base is of having to visit all these little college towns for like the last 20 years. You probably get sick of these trips and don't do them. I probably would. I don't know. Maybe I won't. I go to the big games. I don't know. I think it's awesome. I think everyone will be happy to have to come to UCF, to come to Orlando, to come to just a new place in general when you've been playing the same teams for a while. But I think Texas and Oklahoma leave. They're leaving for more money. They will get more money if they leave sooner, so there's no reason for them to stay, in my opinion. And that's why also I think we might join sooner. But we'll see what happens. What do you think? I don't really know how the scheduling works for the divisions in the Big 12. I do know that 
if they do stay for two seasons, at least one of them is going to have to come to the bounce house. That's almost a given. So that would when that be day awesome. comes, yeah, that would be the little be overlap. Great. That's like the kind of overlap luck that we had when we joined the Big East, and then it fell apart and turned into the American. But they had one more year remaining on their ESPN deal with the automatic qualifier to a BCS bowl game because we would not have made the Fiesta Bowl that year if it was not for that automatic Big East bid, which is crazy. So this is kind of like the same thing. We get the leftover remnants of Texas and Oklahoma, and then they leave, but we can still take advantage. I mean, that could be huge. That could be top five game if Oklahoma's who they've been the last five years. So definitely a lot of neat stuff to look forward to. And, you know, anything can happen. We'll probably end up being very surprised at what actually does. Next question from James Vazquez. First verified question we've had in a while. Who is the backup center? Actually, they go with the big man, Cole Schneider, actually slides over to center where he played a little bit in high school. And um, I think they bring in another lineman. It's probably Paul or I think Marcus Tatum, if he doesn't start one or the other. I don't know. Yeah, so they kind of just shuffle everyone around. All right. But I did hear that Matt Lee was kind of day-to-day, so his his status for the game uh, Friday is still kind of up in the air, but at least we have a, a solid backup plan. I feel like even if he was out, Gus would say he's day-to-day. Why would you want to tell the other team that one of your best linemen's out ahead of time? You know, don't let him. Yeah. No, gamesmanship. All right, this next one is from Justin Coles. Who gets the first sack of the season? Good question. So it was just announced today that Morris Brash will be back with the team. I don't know if he'll be playing. I would assume so, but that's definitely some good news. But I got to go with my man, Clea Davis. You know, he's the only person to be rated over 80 from Pro Football Focus on defense both games in a row. Obviously, Conference player of the week. The first week had another great game last week, and I think he's due. Like you said, we've been getting a lot of pressure and getting after him. Just don't have an official sack yet, so I think he's due. Who do you think gets the first sack? Uh, It's got to be Big Cat. I mean, when he puts his mind to something, he gets it done. And you talk about a guy with passion on the line. I mean, I love Khalid Davis. I hope they both, like, sandwich this dude there you go. together. A couple half sacks there. There you go. <laughs> All right, this next one is from Operator Gus. Who is the future at QB? Well, I mean, I think it's Mikey Keene right now, but, you know, I know we've got a couple good guys signed. I think we still got Dylan another year. He could possibly play for two, I believe, because of COVID, but I don't know. Some people are saying he leaves this year. I think we won't really be able to know until this year's over. It depends on how we end up, you know, I I don't think he leaves UCF until he wins a conference championship. I think I, I would bet good money on that, you know, especially from how we talked about that during our interview with him a few weeks ago. But yeah, I don't know. It seems like Mikey right now, but I I think we're pretty solid, at least for the near future. What do you think? Is it that clean cut though, that it, that it's Mikey Keene? He did look very impressive. However, Joy Gatewood is the one that has experience um, at the college football level already, a little bit older. He did also looked impressive too, although more of kind of a running style, that wild night 
He's like a bigger Nick Patty, dude. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I, no. I, I like the I liked his role. So we, I think we're definitely not even garbage time. We might see him. We I might think, see him in, in more games. I think he was testing that out a little bit, you know, against a real opponent, and then maybe might sprinkle some in. His runs were like 10, 7, and 15 yards. They look great. So definitely good that we have lots of options, you know, behind Dylan. All right. Next question is from Gus Bus Gus Bus Blinker Fluid Mechanic Billy Bob Fredder One. <laughs> Say that ten times fast. What are the chances we pull a UConn and get in the Big Twelve next year? I think he's saying we do the buyout and leave early. Which I don't know why they did that. Why were they in such a hurry to go independent? I don't know, man. <laughs> it, that doesn't make sense. I disagree i don't think that's going to happen i think all four of us are going to go in at the same time whether that be you know 23 or 24 i really don't think it's going to happen next year could be wrong i've been wrong before i think no i think i i think it's going to be a an orchestrated event with with all four of us moving at once i agree it's going to be everyone at once but it's going to be when texas and oklahoma leave if they leave early we're in early that's what it comes down to, more than likely. So we'll just have to see. Or maybe we'll just get in early anyway and get to play Texas and Oklahoma. I don't know. Uh, follow-up question from – let me try this again. Gus Bus Blinker Fluid Mechanic Bobby – damn it. Billy Bob Fredder one. How many five-star recruits do you think we steal from UF this class? Uh, the thing is, I don't even know if Florida has a five-star recruit from this class. Like – Everyone talks about five stars like they're a dime a dozen. Look, if you look on rivals or whatever, there's like 10 five yeah. stars in the country every yeah. year. Like, two of them go to Bama, two of them go to Ohio State, and the rest are just sprinkled all over the place. So, let's steal some it four really stars means first. Abso- yeah, it means absolutely nothing. Let's get some solid three and four stars like we have been all these years. Coach them up. You know, it. We've had like three, five four stars, stars mean nothing. Yeah. No, they it, do mean something. Generally, me, generally they're good. Yeah, I know. Well, they have a higher proper to, higher probability of being good than four stars. That doesn't mean a four star won't be, and that doesn't mean a five star is a lock for the NFL. But I think like fifty percent of them make the NFL. But that doesn't mean but any it, of their ones it, can't be developed. A lot of these guys aren't even like done with puberty when they go to college. It's a lot less reliable, though, than a sport, say, like basketball, like a five-star basketball. You're, like, already ready to go to the NBA. Like, Yeah, I, there's I agree. very few five-star busts. Um, yeah, and there's not a between... lot of ones that are low recruit, like, lower star. It, you're right. There's way less variability, I think, is the best way to say it. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, Shout-out to our... Title sponsor, First Watch, we just re-upped. Long-term commitment from them, so thank you. I just ate at the new one that opened in Naples right around the corner from me, Logan Landing. had the uh, They got a seasonal menu out. Some pumpkin spice donuts were absolutely delicious, and they got the pump cake. Pa- <laughs> they got the pump <laughs> cake. <laughs> They've got the pumpkin pancakes back, uh, Always, always a hit. What have you been eating there at First Watch? You still doing the two for Moo? Still doing the two for Moo. I did the other day have that market, the market scramble. Anything with goat cheese and egg, you know, oh, yeah. solid winner. Uh, when's when's the due date for the baby? How's that going? 
Good. Uh, November 18th. So looking two, at the schedule here, hopefully that should be out for the 20th UConn game. Now that if it was any game like that, <laughs> that's, that's like perfect the best time to be born. Like, yeah, that's actually so, better than a bye week almost. Yeah, hundred percent. A little short NFL recap. Totally forgot. Gabe Davis with the Bills' first touchdown of the year uh, from Josh Allen. Nice little touchdown. And Mike Hughes. We have a Mike Hughes sighting. Yep. Game ceiling interception now on the Chiefs of Baker Mayfield. I think that was about it for big plays for yeah. nights in the NFL Latavius, this week. Latavius Murray signed by the Ravens. Uh, hope to see him in action next week. That game's actually going on right now. Also kind of built by UCF Update, uh, Parker Boudreaux has a stage name with the WWE. It's Gunner Harland. Uh, I don't know. It, he looks like a gunner. I'll say that. I kind of liked his name how it was, but apparently the WWE, they want to own your name in case you like try and leave, so they can't own Parker Boudreaux, but they can own Gunner Harlan. I don't know. He looks like a gunner. Gunner's kind of like a scary so you is know. he like actually wrestling or he's gonna start i mean he's been in like dude they, they put you through like pretty much like training camp there's a facility in orlando oh, okay you go there yeah. and like learn how to wrestle they don't just throw you out there you know but, yeah that would be kind of cool though to see him i don't know what there's so many different wrestling that like smackdown or well there's whatever. wwe I, I and then there's aew which from for some reason i follow some people that talk about Wrestling, apparently the AEW, who's uh, they're owned by like Shad Khan or whatever, the Jags guy, apparently they've been like crushing it with the stories and stuff. I I know you remember, we used to watch like uh, after school in like what fourth grade, they used to videotape uh, like Monday Night Raw and then play it to all of us and we would watch it. And I just remember being like so into the stories, thinking they were real, which was dumb, but it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, every kid. It's entertaining though. I, I've actually, I mean, I haven't watched it recently, but like maybe five years ago and watch a couple episodes in a row. It's entertaining. It's like anything else. And uh, I don't know. It'll. I mean, I can guarantee you one thing. I'll be watching it if he's wrestling because that'll be awesome and also funny because just knowing him, <laughs> I don't know. It, it'll just be funny. He. Um, oh, for sure. He definitely looks the part. That, that's just awesome, though. It's really, really cool. Good for him. Went golfing this weekend. Played at Eastwood Country Club in Fort Myers. Highlight that? of the round. Shot my first par on a 500-yard par 5 ever. Whoa. So that means you hit yeah. the 3-wood, what, like twice? I, I, I remember the third shot Hybrid move. was like – the third shot was like two feet off the green. But it was still – it was like a real rough, like right off the green. Had a nice chip about five feet from the cup and Ooh. sunk the – Five feet's not a gimme, man. And that's no, one, it wasn't. That's one when you miss it, if you miss it, you can't forget about that. It just like ruins your day almost. But way to go. That's awesome. It's fun. Yeah, it felt to... pretty good. Definitely. That probably not as good as the crush... chip you made last week, but No, no, the chip was chip was unbelievable. <laughs> Couple of other things. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about the Rockham sponsorship with a ton of different players. So uh, this whole NIL thing, like people thought I was going to be bad for the sport, this, that, and the other thing. Like, I think everyone's really like embracing it and having fun, you know, thinking outside the box with some of these sponsorships. Like, exactly. How could it be bad? Who doesn't want Jalen Robinson's face on like a pair of socks? And even <laughs> if you don't, just don't one. buy them. 
Yeah. It's cool. Let the kids make a couple bucks. And even if they don't make really any money, it's just cool that they like get stuff with their name. Like you couldn't even have, you couldn't be associated with anything business wise before, which was just the dumbest thing ever. So definitely awesome to, you know, see these guys taking, taking full advantage of it. Uh, oh yeah. Let's do the uh, first watch. First score watch winners. We didn't have one last week. I believe we have two this week. Bowser had the first touchdown and he was, of super super popular guests, uh, Moo. Who were the winners? There was two actually this week, which was incredible because they hit it exactly on the yard line. Modesto Sanchez, who's at Mo Night Fan One Two Three, hit Isaiah Bowser for seventeen yards. Is that Twitter? On Twitter, yes. And on Instagram, we also had another winner, Drew Found Glory. Both correctly guessing. Isaiah Bowser, 17 yards. Both will win a $25 gift card to First Watch. That's incredible that two people got it from like a random yardage. I remember last year we had, I think it was like McCray from one yard, and then there was another one that was like two yards for Otis, and we had like a bunch of winners. But obviously 17 is a little more, uh, you know, kind of a random number, not as common. So shout out to both of them. I think we got like probably about 150 entries between Twitter and Instagram. So Thank you guys for following and uh, participating. Congrats. You're going to enjoy First Watch. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review. If you liked us, tell a friend. If you didn't like us, tell us what we can do better. Seriously, we love your feedback. Uh, Go to Louisville if you can, and go Knights. Charge on. Domination. Domination.